Welcome back to the MedBullet Step 1 podcast. In this episode, we go over the topic of delirium from the psychiatry section on MedBullets.com. Let's start this episode with a clinical snapshot. A 68-year-old man is brought by EMS to the emergency department from his retirement home. He was found to be excessively somnolent by his nurse earlier in the morning, prompting her to become alarmed and call for help. Upon presentation to the hospital, the patient is alert and oriented to self and correctly answers that he is at the hospital, but he states that the year is 1940. He is admitted to the inpatient unit overnight. The next day, the resident physician examines the patient multiple times during the morning and afternoon and finds that he is somnolent, difficult to arouse, and responds with only incoherent grunts before returning to a slumber. The patient's medical history is significant for hypertension and hyperlipidemia. This is a case of delirium. Okay, let's now get into the topic. Let's start with a brief introduction about delirium. In terms of an overview, delirium is characterized by a transient change of consciousness with waxing and waning confusion. With respect to the epidemiology and prevalence, it affects up to 10 to 30% of hospitalized adults and it affects up to 80% of mechanically ventilated patients in the intensive care unit. With respect to the demographics, there's an increased prevalence in patients with older age, cognitive decline, and severe medical illness. It is extremely common among nursing home residents. Let's now discuss the pathophysiology of delirium. Possible causes of delirium include certain medications, for example, benzodiazepines, or drug toxicity, for example, with lithium, alcohol or substance intoxication or withdrawal, severe illness, malnutrition or dehydration, pain, sleep deprivation or severe emotional distress, or anesthesia from surgery. In terms of prognosis, the mortality rate among older patients in the hospital with delirium ranges from 20 to 75%. Some patients recover completely with adequate diagnosis and treatment. Let's now discuss the clinical presentation, including symptoms of delirium. Symptoms of delirium include fluctuating consciousness, disorientation, hallucinations which are often visual, illusions, disorganized thinking, disturbance in the sleep-wake cycle, cognitive dysfunction, dysphagia, dysarthria, and tremor. With respect to a differential diagnosis, the three main differentials to consider here would be major neurocognitive disorder, schizophrenia, and major depressive disorder. The key distinguishing factor in terms of major neurocognitive disorder is that delirium has an acute onset of altered mental status. The major distinguishing factor with respect to schizophrenia is that delirium has hallucinations that are typically visual with fluctuating level of consciousness. And the key distinguishing factor with respect to major depressive disorder is that delirium has a fluctuating level of consciousness which is not seen in depression. Let's now discuss the treatment of delirium. The treatment involves lifestyle modifications and medical treatment. Lifestyle modifications include supportive therapy and constant observation, for example, sitter. Supportive therapy involves reorientation and memory cues, for example, with the use of calendars, clocks, and family photos. 
Another aspect of supportive therapy that is important is ensuring a well-lit, quiet environment, preferably near a window, for daytime and nighttime orientation. And constant observation with the use of a sitter may help avoid the use of physical restraints. In terms of medical therapy, treating the underlying cause, using antipsychotics, for example, haloperidol and risperidone, and benzodiazepines are the mainstay treatment for medical therapy. Treating the underlying cause involves stopping the potentially causative medications and the use of multivitamins, especially thiamine, for patients with alcohol toxicity or withdrawal. Antipsychotics, for example, haloperidol and risperidone, are indicated as a treatment of choice for psychotic symptoms of delirium. And finally, benzodiazepines are indicated for the treatment of alcohol and benzodiazepine withdrawal-induced delirium. With respect to complications, the main complications of delirium include malnutrition, falls, and long-term cognitive impairment. Okay, so now that we've gone over the major points about this topic, let's go over a few questions to apply the information and get a sense of how this topic has been tested on past exams. First question. A 74-year-old man presents to the emergency department with four days of fevers. He currently resides at a nursing home and was in his normal state of health until experiencing unrelenting diaphoresis and chills for four days. He has a history of congestive heart failure, chronic back pain, and alcohol abuse disorder. His medications include lisinopril, furosemide, and Tylenol. His temperature is 103.1 degrees Fahrenheit or 39.6 degrees Celsius. Blood pressure is 130 over 60 millimeters of mercury. Pulse is 73 per minute. And respirations are 19 per minute. On exam, he is alert and oriented, but appears diaphoretic and fatigued. His lungs are clear to auscultation, and there are no rashes. He is found to have pyuria and is started on ceftriaxone. Twelve hours later, his temperature is 101.8 degrees Fahrenheit, or 38.8 degrees Celsius. He demands that he be allowed to return home, and he gets agitated when the nurse does not allow him to leave his bed. He starts complaining about a parrot in his bathroom. One hour later, he politely asks when he will receive his lunch. Which of the following is the most likely diagnosis? 1. Alcohol withdrawal 2. Brief psychotic disorder 3. Delirium 4. Lewy body dementia or 5. Medication side effect And the correct answer choice is answer choice 3. Delirium this patient with a urinary tract infection is found to be alert and oriented on presentation and then experiences a transient decline in mental status before quickly returning to baseline. This is most consistent with delirium in the setting of an infection of a hospitalized elderly patient. Remember, delirium is a neurocognitive disorder marked by impaired awareness as well as decreased attention, memory, and perception. Symptoms develop quickly and mental status tends to fluctuate throughout the day. Patients may also experience illusions and hallucinations with worsening severity at night, termed sundowning. Delirium most often occurs in the elderly and hospitalized patients. Common causes include infection, metabolic diseases, trauma, hypoxia, drugs and toxins, 
and sleep deprivation. If the cause of delirium is unknown, a workup for electrolyte and metabolic etiologies is warranted. Treatment requires identifying the underlying cause, discontinuation of causative medications, and supportive medical care. Importantly, precautions such as reducing exposure to polypharmacy, reorienting hospitalized patients often, and minimizing the amount of therapy slash noise at night can reduce the risk of developing delirium. Let's now review the incorrect answer choices. Answer choice 1, alcohol withdrawal, first presents with sweating, insomnia, and tremors within 3 to 36 hours of cessation, and can progress to seizures and hallucinosis within 12 to 48 hours, and in severe cases, delirium tremens within 48 to 96 hours. Delirium tremens includes altered mental status as seen in this patient, but would also include seizures. Answer choice 2. Brief psychotic disorder is a psychotic condition that involves the sudden onset of at least one psychotic symptom, including incoherence, delusions, or hallucinations that lasts greater than one day but less than one month. Answer choice 4. Lewy body dementia is the second most common form of neurodegenerative dementia marked by dementia, extrapyramidal motor symptoms, and visual hallucinations. Dementia is progressive mental decline, not transient as seen in this patient. And finally, answer choice 5, medication side effects of delirium are common in antihistamines, opioids, benzodiazepines, corticosteroids, and muscle relaxants. None of this patient's current medications are associated with delirium. In summary, delirium is characterized by waxing and waning impaired attention and awareness with transient disruptions in memory, language, and perception. Next question. A 67-year-old woman with a recently found hepatic carcinoma has been an inpatient for more than a week. During morning rounds, she was abnormally disoriented to time and place along with a shortened attention span. The overnight resident reports that she was coming in and out of the state for the past couple nights. The patient was known to drink often, but reported that she has not consumed alcohol in weeks leading up to her admission. She is not jaundiced and has no metabolic imbalance upon laboratory tests. What is the most likely cause of her recent mental impairment? 1. Delirium 2. Substance abuse 3 brain metastasis, 4, delirium tremens, or 5, dementia. And the correct answer choice is answer choice 1, delirium, a patient found to be waxing and waning in consciousness and attention following multiple inpatient days is most likely suffering from delirium. Although often the result of an underlying ailment such as trauma or electrolyte imbalance, it is most often seen in elderly admitted patients following major surgeries. Remember, symptoms of delirium include decrease in attention span, hallucinations, change in sleep schedule, and overall mental dysfunction. It is crucial for the care team to identify delirium and treat the underlying problem for the patient to return to a normal state. Delirium can be differentiated from dementia as delirium is characterized by acute onset with reversible changes in sensorium. Let's now review two citations related to this topic. In the first citation, Kalish et al. reports on proper support therapy for patients suffering from delirium. 
Regardless of the inciting cause, it is frequently helpful to reorient, mobilize, and hydrate the patient. Also, the caretaker must be wary of any pharmacological agents that could cause delirium in the patient. Further, Kalish et al. recommends that antipsychotics should be only reserved for those who would cause harm to self or others. In the second citation, Nelson et al. report on the comparison of dexmedetomidine, an alpha-2 agonist, with benzodiazepines for sedating ICU patients. Although the findings were inconclusive, the author suggests that use of dexmedetomidine could be a good replacement for benzodiazepines, a known factor in development of delirium. Let's now review the incorrect answer choices. Answer choices 2 and 4, substance abuse and delirium tremens are possibilities, but delirium is more likely based on her symptom presentation. Delirium tremens refers to the rapid onset of confusion, usually caused by withdrawal from alcohol, starting usually on the third day of withdrawal symptoms and lasting two to three days. This patient denied alcohol intake for weeks before admission and has been an inpatient for several days before her symptoms began, making this diagnosis unlikely. Answer choice 3, brain metastasis, is not as likely as delirium in this case. If she were to have a brain mass, the patient might present with local deficits along with headaches or seizures. And finally, answer choice 5, dementia, is a chronic ailment and would not have a sudden onset. And that's all for this review about delirium. Hopefully that was helpful. This is the MedBullets Step 1 podcast, a daily audio review session by MedBullets, the free learning and collaboration community for medical student education. Keep in mind that these podcasts are designed to go along with the topics on MedBullets.com, and in fact, you can listen to these episodes right on the MedBullets website or mobile app while going through the topic. If you've gotten any value from these MedBullet Step 1 podcasts so far, please consider leaving us a 5-star rating and writing us a review on Apple Podcasts. It will help us spread the word and increase our discoverability tremendously. Also, if you are not already, be sure to follow MedBullets on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter for daily high-yield content. Thanks for tuning in. We'll see you all tomorrow, right here on the MedBullet Step 1 podcast.